Welcome to the Home Ownership and Marriage Podcast with the Low Property Team, where it is all about running a successful business together and balancing a healthy marriage. Host Jarrell and Brittany Lowe. Purpose and passion is to help you create the life you want by turning your combined passions into generational wealth while sharing what they've learned on their journey with you. Let's get started. Hello and what's up? Thank you for joining us on another episode of Home Ownership and Marriage. My name is Jarrell Lowe. And I'm Brittany Lowe. And we are the Low Property Team. Today, we wanted to take a moment just to talk about uh, some experiences. More importantly, what this is our second, third uh, closing this year that has, um, we were supporting the buyer um, and the sellers were going through probate. And although we are not the experts, this is only our third probate that we've represented the buying side, we said, you know what, I think this is a great time to educate our listeners on understanding probate and how to navigate that. I think 2023 is going to be a big year where probate sales are going to be happening, subject to sales are going to be happening. So why not take this deeper dive today? Again, we're not the experts in probate. We are not licensed lawyers. So if you need support, reach out for that. Yeah, I would just say this is not our expertise, but we are experts in our field and what we do and in real estate. Yeah. So what is probate? Probate is a court-supervised proceeding that is going to authenticate and execute the will if you have one. We'll talk about that a little bit later. And it approves who your executor is. So if you have it listed, it just passes those items into it. In case, in case there is no will. Which a lot of times, it unfortunately, there isn't. And that's why this episode today is, is so important because we have experienced that there was no will in place and families working through some of those challenges after a death. It's hard. It's complicated. And now navigating those emotional waters, you kind of got to get everything together, you know, financially, uh, Where's the house at? How was mom, dad, auntie, uncle doing? You know, what bills did they owe? It becomes important in this process as it gets complicated to ensure that there are documentation or no documentation stating your final wishes. If you do not have that, you're leaving the ball in the hands of the court and the proceedings to make all the decisions for you. And I will say this, as a buyer, a lot of folks are... I don't want to say scared, but apprehensive to look at a home if it is a probate sale. And there's many reasons why. I think that some probates are easy, some probates are more difficult, and it just really all depends kind of case by case scenario. So if you are a listener and you are a buyer, hopefully we can provide some tips so that you can have some kind of background knowledge and also you know the right questions to ask. So instead of just saying, oh yeah, I want this house. Oh, okay, it's a probate sale, whatever. Let's just proceed forward. You kind of know what to expect from that standpoint. And I don't want to, today I think we're taking the, the, the point of probate and working through the family and dealing with the home, right? If it's if you're on the buying side or if you're on the selling side, educating, educating as much as we possibly can. And part of that education is what are some ways that we can avoid probate? There are four major ways that I know about, but if there are more, please don't hesitate to share, comment, whatever it takes. Let's continue to educate the masses as we're preparing for the future moving forward. So these are strategic ways I know. 
establish a living trust. Most important, most important. Two, give assets to loved ones while you're still alive. Keep your estate small. That's one way to handle it. Title all your accounts. Now, let me go back up to establishing a living trust because this is something Brittany and myself, right? And starting the podcast and starting this, our biggest, I think I would say our boilerplate for us is helping families build generational wealth. And in that, right, we're in that process of helping families build generational wealth. You also have to protect your assets because we can't work this hard for so many years to get this half a million dollar, million dollar home that if an emergency, a crisis or something happens, we lose all that. So part of building generational wealth is also protecting your assets. And I think another part of that as well is just having the hard conversations now um, instead of later down the line. Because a lot of people, you know, this is not a, um, what do you call it? Going out to dinner conversation starter, right? This isn't a conversation that anybody likes to have. I don't even think it's a one day conversation. Yeah, I think it, but it is incredibly necessary regardless of how many layers there are to it. Like Jarell and I have encouraged in the past of having a plan is so, so much better than having no plan at all. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Can you say that again? Goodness. Or not? No. (laughs) I got to the point. Stated my point. (laughs) Let me just jump in on the living trust. When you create a fund, a trust, you're essentially making the trust of the the owner of your assets. So when me and Brittany and I had this sit down conversation and we, it took us probably two or three weeks just to get through the emotional pieces of it. Um, because if you've never written out your trust or created your estate plan, it is who's going to make the decisions with health, right? If uh, for some reason I'm not too, here is my three things that I want. And a lot of the emotions tied to that becomes very hard. So I'm handing over, I'm giving that the ownership of my assets to Brittany. So when I die, I'm named, their name, she's named trustee manager. I think it's important to understand what the trust, it's much more detailed and delicate than what I'm, what we're sharing. Oh yeah. And it's a plethora of jargon. Yeah. It's a lot going on, but that's why we encourage you just have those hard conversations because it is so important. We are firm advocates on helping families build generational wealth one house at a time. But as you get in that house, it's time to protect those assets. So your kids have those advantages. Well, and that also ties back into protecting your assets and life planning is also a huge component of generational wealth. How much can we keep the tax? out of our, I mean, keep the money in our pocket. I think let's just go ahead and jump into number two. Reducing the value of your estate can drastically simplify probate process. And I, I don't really like this because it's almost like reduce your dreams and it just makes this process easier. I think as we dream big and we do big, it requires us to solve big as well. What does that mean? You know what? Do not reduce your estate plan. Don't work off of less. We deserve everything that we're working hard for. Um, Brittany, I, she, Brittany and myself, we believe Keep accumulating homes because those assets are going to be a blessing to our children's children one day that they'll be able to have that space if they need to where they can come home. Understanding how to give assets to loved ones makes you realize how important life is or what we're chasing in life. Sometimes we get so tied to items that we just don't want to get rid of or, or it's mine. This is mine. When in reality is, yeah, this is 
Brittany and myself's house, but we want the kids to be able to reap the benefit. Now, we're not saying raise a bunch of silver spoon-fed children, but at some point we have to look at some of these families, the Rothschilds, the list goes on, but we have to look and see how they're setting up generations at a time. And that's why giving assets to loved ones while you're still alive, or at least allocating those, becomes so important because you don't want to get into a space where something happens, you lose the house, and now you need others to get involved. The third point was keep your estate small. Well, that's also aligned with two. But also the number fourth one is title your accounts. When we were going through our plan, we had to list out each account that we want inside the estate plan, right? Or inside our trust. And those were bank accounts or our TD Ameritrade accounts, the 401k accounts. Like everything had to be titled to clean it up. And then you got to put your bank number. uh, What is that bank account number and stuff in there? And I think it's important to understand that in preparation, not just for probate, but for your family. So you can clean up your systems. I have a ton of accounts that Brittany had to become familiar with and even how to access TD Ameritrade, how to go get these things just in case where my retirement is. These are things that she's now abreast to. And it's important understanding ways to avoid probate. The last one is title, and this is a a key one, right? This is one that a lot of people don't pay attention to because when you're in escrow, you're kind of in that happy phase, like that honeymoon phase, like, my goodness, this house can really be our house. This can, you know, oh my gosh, this is going to happen. I'm going to tear this wall down. I'm going to tear this wall down that we forget to pay attention to some of the smaller details. What are the Mm -hmm. details? Title the property correctly. If you title properly jointly, that owning property means assets can be transferred from one person to the other. How can we do that? There's three ways that we can do that. Community property with the right of survivorship, one. Joint tenancy with the right of survivorship. Tenancy by the entirety. These are three ways how you can title your property. So when you're going through escrow, you're meeting with the title rep or escrow officer, whoever the case may be, and Even if you're not married, identifying who the person responsible, this will be a way of helping to avoid probate and keeping the courts out of what you're building for yourself, your family, and your loved ones. With that, so we talked about what is probate. We talked about ways to avoid probate. But if there's no way we can avoid probate, what does it look like? Well, this is from what we've experienced on the three deals this year on the buyer's side. What are steps to probate in California? Now, we hope before an offer gets accepted, some of these items are taken care of. But if not, it's okay because it's just going to make that process a little longer than normal. Number one is file a petition. A probate petition has to be filed. And with the filing fee, you cannot do one without the other with the district court clerk and submitted to the county where the deceased person lived. Two, you have to create an inventory, the inventory of every asset, every debt the deceased person has and submit that. Three, achieve a final settlement and the executor will file that or whoever's identified as the executor will file that with the court and accounting of all distributions and receipts. These are the steps that you hope. You almost uh, hear like horror stories, I would say. I would say also, my gosh, I'm blanking, but non-court 
probate and then you hear of oh, yeah. court there's probate. There's non-court and then there's court. So non-court probate we hear is, oh, this is going to be a smooth one, right? Or court probate means we need to get the judge to sign off on something and get this cleared up. And that can delay that process of getting into the home a little longer than anticipated. Or if you're the executor, then it might take selling the home a little longer than anticipated as well. So, Brittany, what goes through probate, right? We're talking about homes, but I also want to give, because I had to do my research on this, not just your home, like your your property that you own, but any inheritance where a beneficiary predeceases the giver, non-titled property, household items such as appliance, clothing, furniture, or other general items can fall in that category. It can really be anything. Yeah. Partner-owned investment property. If, if Brittany and I own investment properties, that goes into probate. Sole ownership property, property that is titled and solely in your name. These are some of the items that go into probate. So as we are accumulating these things, as we go through life, just understand, I mean, our pastor always had this saying, you can't take a U-Haul to heaven. And it always rung home, like we spend so much time in this life trying to accumulate all these things. And the reality is, it's not going to be able to go with us where we're going. So how can I set Brittany up? Or how can I set my spouse or my loved one or my children up to prepare to make that journey probably not as treacherous as the one that I took? Mm -hmm. And I think a big portion of it for us, right, for ourselves, and, you know, we've done the necessary life planning. And as we continue to gather information and learn things new every day, we, we modify, we shift in different directions. But for us, what it really comes down to is leaving a legacy for those that are coming after us. That's for us, one of our biggest, um, I would say, passions of why we even do what we do and why we do help folks with creating generational wealth through real estate is because that this is something that we want to leave a footprint essentially for our kids and our kids' grandkids and our kids' grandkids' grandkids and the list goes on. And for a lot of people, when they do purchase homes or when, you know, especially if they're selling homes as well, they have the same mentality. So this conversation within itself can just be incredibly, you know, uh, daunting or um, intimidating. But I think just doing some little research goes a long, long way. And then there's a plethora of information and folks out there, resources, so that you can get a jump on setting yourself up and your family up. Because I think what happens a lot in society is we get overwhelmed with the information. And instead of looking into it, looking further to see how we can apply it to our own lives, we essentially feel as though we get in quicksand and we don't do anything at all. And that's something that we don't want to experience, that we don't want our clients to experience. We just want to make sure that you're equipped with the necessary tips and and tools, especially pertaining to this area. Like Jarrell had shared, is it's not the most fun conversation to have, but it's definitely necessary. It is a necessity. And I think referencing, Brittany, what you're saying is kind of like paralysis by analysis sometimes. Sometimes we get so bogged down with the information that we get lost in the how-to. Like, okay, I got to prepare. How do I prepare for this? And what does that preparation process look like? 
I think that's an important key. Mm -hmm. You know, or the other aspect of it is we get so bogged down by what the media is saying of, you know, oh, probate or, you know, court order or this or this as it comes to real estate. And it just kind of puts this blanket of fear amongst any buyer or seller of, oh, that's not not a route I want to go through. We've had the chance to help a few clients in this area and it, it hasn't been the easiest. But at the end of the day, we got the job done and clients were happy. Happy, yeah. especially when we connect them with our resources to start a living trust. That was something that was huge for specifically one couple that they said, oh, this is something that we want to do after we purchase the home. So there's many, many ways, many resources out there. Definitely utilize them. And I think I just want to build on that, how you shared about the media, you know, and what's being portrayed. I think we're all familiar with Black Panther, Chadwick Boseman. I think we're all familiar with uh, Prince or the artist formerly known as Prince. I think we're all familiar with the late, great Aretha Franklin. And these are estates that have been publicly or, you know, at the passing of these uh, individuals, their estates have been publicly shared because it's public knowledge. And that's the part that's kind of sucks about it. But just to reference why having a living trust is so important. And please, I'm not throwing shade or pointing a finger at any one of these three individuals because it wasn't until a couple of years ago that we actually got our stuff situated. So it's never too late. But to reference Chadwick Boseman, a gentleman that was Black Panther, his estate was valued at three point something million, and the estate was split in half, 1.4, 1.4. But the probate cost was two to seven percent. I don't know what the percentage was, but the family, his uh, spouse and mother, had to pay about eight hundred thousand to the courts just to get this process situated. And two to seven percent in California is standard. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I think uh, for I, probate fees. I, I might need to check this information, but I also think Prince, his estate hasn't even been addressed yet because there's so much that needs to be deciphered out between his catalogs, between his real estate, between all the stuff that he was in, the royalties he was receiving. And I think another uh, estate that's still being kind of worked through is Aretha Franklin. We're talking about five, ten 10, 15 years uh, since the passing of these individuals. But that's why we say having having a living trust, having protecting your assets is just as important as building generational wealth. I honestly don't believe you can build generational wealth if there's not a safety net that's going to protect just in case, because there's two things that we have to understand. Life happens, life happens, and we have to prepare for that life happening. Someday, an emergency is going to happen, and are you prepared for that emergency? So with that being said, understanding that these are just some small tidbits about probate, we just wanted to give you understanding of what probate is, ways to avoid probate if necessary, but if you cannot avoid it, right, here's the steps to establishing a probate case in California and what has to go through probate. I believe the bare minimum of assets has to be 186000 $500, anything less than that, it does not have to participate in probate. But understanding this, understanding all the information that we provided, understanding the probate fees, there's a way that we can have this conversation and not allow it to be so taxing on family members, loved ones, and the people that matter most to us. We got to sit down. We have to have those hard conversations and understand mistakes happen. The time 
time as the resource that we should be valuing. And right now is the time for you to sit down and say, you know what? Spouse, wife, husband, daughter, mother, sister, brother, here's my plan. Worst case scenario, if something happens, here's what I want to take care of the house payments. Here's what I want to take care of Brittany. Here's what I want going to the future. And here's how I want you to, how I want to depart, right? How I want to be moved on. And I think that's, just, again, like we said, it's one of those tough conversations, but a conversation that needs to be had. And this is one of those tough podcasts because we can't really have too much fun while we're given some important detail. Just really trying to project and prepare for 2023. I think this is a subject Brittany and I are having to educate ourselves on and going in to receive our certification from probate, becoming probate certified, and understanding from the experts of probate sales how we can better serve our clients. Yeah, and I would, well, I would also agree, but also disagree with Gerald's comment that it's not Say one what? that we can not have fun. I think that uh, for us, right, all, what we do, we love what we do, and all of this is fun. But I think having the necessary information, like they say, information is power, right? Yeah. So for us, it, it's fun to have these conversations. It's fun when clients reach out or, you know, an individual reaches out and says, hey, can you teach me more about this area? I'm, I've never heard of it, or I could use some assistance. It's super fun just to educate. So for us, it is fun. Yeah. But I think we've also seen on the back end, like we had said, those kind of horror stories of if you don't do the work, then it's definitely a headache and it's not fun. So just make sure that you are doing the necessary planning. Please reach out to us with any questions um, that you might have. And be sure to share this with your, your friends, your families, your coworkers, your neighbors, because you never know who doesn't have a plan and just want to be able to support them in having a plan. So until the next episode, thanks so much for listening. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Homeownership and Marriage with the Low Property Team. If you would like more information, helpful resources, or would like to book a personal consultation with the Lowe's, head over to lowpropertyteam.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, Jarrell and Brittany would be so grateful if you shared their podcast with a friend and leave them a review on iTunes or wherever you are listening. The Low Property Team would like to say thank you for supporting their show and being a listener. See you next time on another episode of Homeownership and Marriage.